Here are the highlights from the latest episode of Free Talk Live. Visit freetalklive.com for the full episode. So do you think after the Ukraine craziness, bird flu is going to be the next thing? Is well, that what you guys are thinking? Because I was almost thinking it was going to be environmental. Like we had COVID, we had Ukraine. Mm. Seems like something's next. Honestly, I, I, I don't, don't think... think they can do another uh, another pandemic right away. I think the uh, I think too many people have gotten skip uh, gotten hip to the lies from the last pandemic. They're going to have to come so. up with something newer. I just and don't so see the U.S. surviving that long, man. You think the U.S. is going to go down real quick, like, you know, kind of Soviet uh, Russia style? Yeah, I'm thinking two or three years at the most. Going to fall like the Berlin Wall? Well, the entire USD is built on, you know, U.S. global hegemony and the USD being the world reserve currency. And all of that's evaporating at an alarming rate, and a Mm -hmm. rate that should be alarming to the average American. Mm -hmm. Because without without any of that backing, the USD is just worthless sheets of paper, and they're going to learn that very, very quickly. Yeah, well, I, when all mean, those dollars that are held in, fo- in Sorry, what? F- foreign reserves come home to roost, it's going to be a lot of inflation. Sorry, go ahead, Sam. So, Ari, are you talking about the new deals that Saudi Arabia is inking with China in terms of the dollar hegemony? I'm, I'm talking about everything that's happening in regard to the USD right now. As far as I can tell, looking at it from, you know, as far back as I can stand, the USD has already lost its place as the world's reserve currency. They found some some swastika carved in a rape victim in Ukraine, and they're blaming the Russians for this. Hmm. And that's insane to me because the Russians kind of have a little thing with Nazis where they're not a fan of them based yeah. on some stuff that happened in the 40s. They like the their own brand of fascism much better. <laughs> yeah, well, they do. Well, so do, so do Americans. But there's absolutely no circumstance that I can imagine where a Russian soldier is like carving a swastika into someone. Yeah, that's insane. Maybe as a false flag. Unless they thought they were a Nazi. There, I mean, mm. you you could carve a swastika into somebody because you were a Nazi. Or uh, what was that movie where uh, where the uh, Jewish uh, underground fighter was carving swastikas into the foreheads of Nazis? Ooh, I don't know. Um, I can't remember what that was called. Well, it could have been somebody who was, uh, like you said, false flag, somebody on the Russian side pretending to be like, oh, well, the, you know, the Ukrainians would do this, so therefore we're going to carve, carve a swastika. And of course, that's what a lot of the back and forth is between Russia and Ukraine is it's a bunch of finger pointing saying, oh, well, he did this. No, no, he did this. And mm-hmm. that's the latest. Uh, actually, I've got a story about that. Well, from- and probably they both did that because war crimes are part and parcel with war. Just a quick story here from RT.com about the war crimes that apparently happened in Bucha, which is, a, I guess, a Ukrainian town. Is where- that near Bucharest? Not clear. On, uh, I actually don't know where it is, but apparently there were some civilians who were allegedly massacred in the town, and the Ukrainian goons are saying it was the Russian goons, and the Russian goons are saying it was the Ukrainian goons, and Russia is now demanding a meeting of the UN Security Council to be convened as of today. They say they will bring to light the presumptuous Ukrainian provocateurs and their Western patrons, said the Russian spokesperson. Graphic footage Ooh. from Bucha, a town to the northwest. How, how is it? 
I, I really need to know, how is it that we finally live in a world where information can travel across the globe instantaneously, where people can record stuff live mm-hmm. as it's happening, and yet we're still sitting here asking, which one this? of these people do we believe? There should be video evidence documenting that one of these sides is a liar. But here in the age of information, with everyone having a cell phone, we're still sitting here. What this if they butchered well, everyone, though? I mean, I get your point, but what if they literally surely, killed everyone? Surely somebody well, would put see, out a phone live and live-streaming while it. you get butchered, True. then, you know, you've got a live-stream. Right. Yeah. Th- th- this is really starting to bug me because we would have had exactly this amount of information if this had occurred in 1932. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, the problem is a lot of the Internet infrastructure is controlled by governments. They created a backbone for the Internet, which was originally decentralized, where each business or university would have connections to like four or five other businesses and universities and so if you took any one of those out it didn't matter the thing was a mesh Mm -hmm. okay we talk about mesh networking now well the internet was a mesh what changed uh well what changed is when uh when al gore said information superhighway and they started popularizing the uh the internet and normal people started being able to use it they turned the internet over to the major uh the major crony phone companies sprint AT&T uh MCI mm-hmm. um and i actually worked for sprint on an internet uh uh project back in the day but and they built a system where there are hubs scattered through the United States. Interestingly enough, there are six hubs. So if you nuked six American cities, which I think are I mean, this New is York, all great, but it doesn't explain why no one in Ukraine has video of you know, well, these atrocities. What, what they did is they created a controllable system out of and on top of, I think, a mesh system. Kiev was quick to blame the Russian military for the incident, with Ukrainian Foreign Minister Dmitro Koleba alleging that it was a, quote, deliberate massacre. He said the Bucha massacre was deliberate. Russians aim to eliminate as many Ukrainians as they can. We must stop them and kick them out. I demand new devastating G7 sanctions now, he said on Twitter. It's interesting that... Um, what the Ukrainian guy is saying is, I want sanctions. Mm -hmm. What Putin is saying is, I want people to convene and look at the information. Now, that, to me, bolsters Putin's credibility and damages uh, Zelensky. Of course, most people will never hear what Putin said then that, to me, damages the credibility of the United States and and the rest of the world governments. Yep, I tend to agree. And, of course, the Western politicians, have, naturally, were quick to back Kiev's claims, with NATO chief Jens Stoltenberg branding the incident, quote, a brutality against civilians we haven't seen in Europe for decades. He said it's horrific and it's absolutely unacceptable that civilians are targeted and killed, and it just underlines the importance of Hold that on. this war must end, and that it is Putin's responsibility to stop the war. People around the rest of the world have not sanctioned the United States over its invasion of Afghanistan or Iraq. And they uh, should. I mean, yeah. as an American, I say... 
sanction that go- sanction our government. Weaken uh, them, please, in any way that you can. But it doesn't weaken them, as we've seen. Sanctions only affect the people um, for the most part. I don't know that. I don't know that that's necessarily the case. I mean, happy people don't generally uh, revolt. That's Unhappy true. people revolt. And but has that so, ever happened? Has it ever have, happened have where people sanctions revolted due to sanctions? Um, I don't know that people have ever revolted only during sanctions mm-hmm. because only because of sanctions, because if you sanction a popular government, then the then you're going to create a bunker mentality. Um, but I think sanctioning an unpopular government could definitely, um, you know, it make it, it didn't flip easier. Venezuela. It did not flip. It did not flip Venezuela. Um, and that was and a it powder keg. Flipped, it should have uh, Cuba either. Yeah. Elon Musk has purchased over nine percent of all the Twitter stock, apparently. And I find that interesting because, you know, Jack Dorsey, who is a huge Bitcoin advocate, is focusing on Square and he's actively trying to pull away from Twitter to focus on projects that he's more passionate about. Did you see, speaking of Jack Dorsey, did you see his sort of, I don't know if you want to call it a mea culpa, um, but he spoke out recently saying he regrets his role in centralizing the internet. No, I'm not surprised to hear that, though. That sounds like Jack Dorsey, right? This is the same guy who sat through all of these Senate hearings looking bored, right? He's being interrogated by the, by the legislature of the United States government. He's sitting there bored, yeah, there is. You know, I've been thinking about Elon Elon Musk's purchase of uh, of Twitter a lot, and it occurs to me that it's almost impossible to spawn a Twitter replacement right now because what Trump Twitter, failed miserably at it. What Twitter provides is an audience. Okay? Sure. Well, they've been around for more than a decade. So what if Trump? And the investors in truth, instead of trying to start their own platform, had bought Twitter stock. We have Shire Social. We have uh, Freekeen. We have The Matrix. Um, and we have, uh, I can't think of the name of our Twitter or uh, of our uh our instance of uh, the Mastodon, the Mastodon, it's social.freetalklive.com. And we've got all of about 400 users and probably only a fraction of them are actually active. Uh, Yeah. And that's the problem is you create an echo chamber where you're talking to yourself or you're talking to people who agree with you. Um, yeah, I get what you're saying, nobody. It's you've got an interesting proposal, and at the same time, I also totally am where you're coming from on this, Arya. It's like I don't want to get into a fight with a bunch of other stockholders over how to run this uh, mega corporation. If you've got somebody like an Elon Musk who can come in there with billions of dollars, that is no big deal to him. What's he worth? I don't know, hundreds of billions or something like that. Uh, he can come in there and drop three billion, like you know, no big whoop. And if it, if it all goes away tomorrow, it's not the end of the world for him. I, I think a lot of people wouldn't want to put money into a corporation that they don't agree with, on the hopes that they might be able to change it someday. Um, yeah, and that is that's the biggest point of resistance that you're going uh, going to to come up against 
But because um, couldn't have Musk? I mean, Trump botched up the Trump social. There's no doubt about it. In fact, I actually had it in show prep today mm-hmm. about how it is quote doing even worse than you thought. So I was listening uh, to your guys' segment from mostly before the last one about Ukraine and Russia, and I did I did find some of your takes a little problematic. Okay, why is that? So. That's an interesting is, word. What do you mean? Just go ahead. Okay. First, the first thing is that I don't, I don't think that you should be trying to equalize the credibility that both Russia and the United States have. When, as far as credibility goes, you know, Russia has, as a as a country, anyways, has a lot less of it than the United States. Why? You're absolutely right. They have a lot yeah. less betrayal and outright lying to their populations than the United States I government does. That's completely untrue, Are you completely saying untrue. the current Russian government? Are you excluding the Soviet government from that? Uh, I certainly am. I, I mean, the Russian government has not gone after any journalist for releasing do- evidence well, of war crimes or anything that's like that. That's not... The, the oh, yeah, Russian government's Russian gone after a lot of journalists. Right? Yeah. And we can't just allege that. Give me an example. Right, right. The because Russians I give you did an shut down uh, the liberal radio station and the liberal TV station, but they didn't. Uh, apparently they didn't arrest, they didn't arrest them over it. Um, but the, the, look, we don't live there, Arya. I don't think mm. you should be able to just claim across the board that ma- you know. I mean, he's look making, at their treatment no, no, no. of Pussy Riot at their That's true. They locked them in prison. I, I understand where the two of you are coming from, yeah. and you're right. Which government lied about weapons of mass destruction in Iraq? Oh yeah. They didn't they they were not lying about it. They were just wrong, but being wrong <laughs> What makes you think they were lying. telling it's the not truth? The same thing as lying. Did you just graduate from like a high school history class? I mean because you're just the level no. of ignorance that you're portraying here is just shocking to me. No, you guys no, you guys are making the word words like war crimes do a lot of work here and what you're doing is does the murder does the does the uh, murder of civilians constitute a war crime? Um, to be honest, I don't know necessarily. Yes, how the yes, it does. How about the murder of journalists? It sounds like it would be a war crime. It yeah. does sound like that. Well, that's exactly what Julian Assange uncovered: war crimes. And until Biden takes. Uh, some responsibility and some action against U.S. war crimes, I am not going to take him seriously talking about anybody's war crimes. How about Abu Ghraib? That's an obvious example. No, yes. They made the person who who was head of the prison at that time the new CIA director. Have you heard of Abu Ghraib, Dan? How old were you at the time? I'm 23 right now. A couple of, of incidents that I can think of off the top of my head are one was called the Gulf of Tonkin uh, uh, incident, which was our excuse for entering into Vietnam, if I recall correctly, That's correct. in which they claimed that the Vietnamese had, had sunk a ship in the Gulf of Tonkin, which they did not sink. Um there was in order to get people to want to go to war right? uh yeah. yeah so i mean usually the the target of disinformation is your own um is your own population there is also the sinking of the main 
which caused us to enter into the Cuban-American War, I think, or the Spanish-American War. I don't um, recall. Uh, but it was, a again, the sinking of a ship that uh, that did not happen uh, the way they claimed, and that provided us with an uh, excuse for war. Um, it's... Uh, it's it's very common. I certainly can't uh, can't list all of them, and you have to remember that we are exposed. Yellow cake. Uh, <laughs> yellow. Oh yeah. yeah. Well, that was the weapons of mass uh, weapons of mass destruction, which he blew off as a mistake. You do realize that a lot of Russia Gate was actually a Hillary Clinton disinformation campaign. That's a conspiracy theory, dude. Uh, it's well, actually, Sorry. she's got a lawyer indicted right now for lying to the FBI, claiming that he was not representing any client when he delivered the Steele dossier to them. When actually he was billing Hillary Clinton for that time. So what you think is a conspiracy? theory those are the lies that we haven't proven yet the government doesn't admit to the lies that it tells until it thinks that the american people will be ready to reconcile themselves to it or until it thinks the american people will go oh well that, that was a long time ago that they, they just made some mistakes back then well i want yes. to focus on a different aspect of this dan all right let's accept your premise that russia's way worse than the united states okay now what Okay, so are you talking about in the grand scheme of the whole Ukraine scenario, or are we talking about the, how our response to the Fusha thing should be? Well, I don't know. You were the one calling in about this, making okay, claims okay, that okay, Russia okay. was okay. so well, much worse, and then we so gave that, all kinds of case, examples of the what? horrors of the United States government. Well, I'm not. I'm not making. I'm not here to make a really specific like type of prescription. Jack Dorsey, the former CEO of Twitter, current CEO of Square, uh, had said something kind of surprising the other day, just a couple days ago, on his Twitter profile. He says, quote, the days of Usenet, IRC, the web, even email with PGP were amazing. Yes. Centralizing discovery and identity into corporations really damaged the Internet. I realize I'm partially to blame and regret it. He's absolutely right about that. Um, and, you know, a lot of the uh, technologies that I think about uh, when I'm thinking about, for example, how to decentralize cell 411 um, would be better served by things like passing messages through Usenet. Mm. Okay. Because Usenet. Um, was a situation, it was a federated, um, still exists. Yeah, it's, it still exists. It's, it's pretty much overrun by, by spam, but, uh, but it doesn't matter because, you know, it wouldn't, what I'm thinking about wouldn't involve subscribing to new groups, but basically anybody could set up a Usenet server. Mm -hmm. And again, you don't get your feed from one single place. You you would connect, or or back in the day you didn't. You would connect to many different Usenet servers. 
Brian Brooks, CEO of Bitfury, put it in uh, this way. He said, if people remember their original AOL account, it was an ability to look in a curated walled garden at a set of content that was not interactive, but was presented to you on AOL in the way that Time Magazine used to show you the articles they wanted you to see inside of their magazine. Just you could see it on a screen. Web 2 came next. Some people call this the read-write version of the Internet in reference to computer code that lets you both open and edit files rather than just view them. The version of the Internet, or this version of the Internet, allowed people to not only consume content, but create their own and publish it on blogs like Tumblr, Internet forums, and marketplaces like Craigslist. Later, the emergence of social media platforms, including Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, took content sharing to a new uh, new heights. So, And I would call that Web3 because... Really, the there was a huge change. Um, it, it's a whole new generation when you go from uh, Blogspot um, Which Google to Facebook. Later. Yeah, um, from MySpace, Blogspot, and all of those to Facebook. Yeah. And Twitter. You're, you're right. There My, was a huge change. Is almost in between, but I would say I would put it in the category with with. Facebook and and Twitter because it's primarily user created content. What you're buying when you buy Twitter is you're buying the audience, not the senders, but the receivers. Yeah, and that's the strongest argument you've made, nobody, as far as his tactics here. And we're going to get deeper into that. But I, just to talk further about what Web three is versus Web one point and two point is what we were just talking about a moment ago. And I would argue you can't define Web three yet. Because it's in, not here yet. Yeah, in in order to to define Web three, we have we have to see it adopted. Mm. Be, so these are suggestions about what Web three should be. Well, I mean, there are decentralized autonomous organizations. Uh, Dash, for instance, the cryptocurrency was the the first arguably decentralized autonomous organization. There have been many others since then. Now there's one called Assange DAO, which raises money to try to help Julian Assange. Yeah, but no uh, one is going to try to say that Dash is Web 3.0, right? Well, I think they would if they, if we're holding to this definition of well, they are ownership a, of they are a thing that could run on Web 3.0, but they themselves are not Web 3.0. Web 3.0 well, is this great not big even vague web. concept. They're not even web. There's there's a thing sure. that the web does, which is allow you to publish content and access content that other people have published, and that's not what Dash does. Well, there are so, aspects that are available on the web. For instance, if you're a Dash masternode, you can go to uh, websites that allow you to easily interact by submitting, uh, what do they have, proposals that they can all vote on. How many people want to be involved in the minutia of running an organization? I think you're right about that, Aria. I think most people will have no interest whatsoever in Web 3.0. Um. Well, I don't know. Most people don't write code for Linux, but a lot of people use it. And sure. if I'm understanding correctly, and and it doesn't it doesn't need everybody to be to be writing code for it. Right. So it may well, well be does. that what this what they're describing here is how Web 3.0 will be delivered, um, or how it will be governed rather than what it will produce because what you're looking the the consumer product is definitely not the ability to write to write protocols or to no doubt. argue over protocols most people don't even know what a protocol is or to argue over marketing the protocol or to argue over you know who to hire to write the that's all these things are right. things that these decentralized right. so so what he's do. 
what he seems to be doing is akin to describing what Twitter is by describing stockholder meetings and, and preferred stock mm-hmm. and, and things like that. But that's not what Twitter is. That's it's right. how it's governed. I just like to make a point about those civilians that were killed. They were killed not by one government, but they were killed by governments. That line of civilians. Did you ever see that video? What 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 video? The civilians in Ukraine that are dead on the street. No, mm. I have not seen the video. Have you? Yeah, there's like one picture of it. Mm. Okay, that's not a video though. No, okay, one yeah, there is video of it, but it's only one street. What I'm trying to say is there's supposedly all these dead civilians everywhere. Mm-hmm. Where are they? I see one picture. Have Good you question. seen Wag the Dog? Yeah, no, this is what's happening. And some of the people tied up, they had white scarves. If you ever see the videos, look at their what hands videos? on their back. Uh, videos and, there's video and there's uh, pictures. But, Wait, uh, there's video the scarf, and pictures? I thought you said there was only one picture. No, I, I, I said videos. They're using the same one over and over again. There's oh. no, like, uh, there's no other photos. It's always the same street. Hmm. It's, like that, it's like they laid them there and to make a false flag. For a photo op. According to Coindesk.com, they say Web3 is different from Web2 because Web2 is very centralized. Big mega corporations kind of took over. And now they're going to allow Web3 allows the users to essentially become investors if they want to be. Become governors uh, of whatever platform we're talking about to literally set the rules, set the policy by selling the platform sells tokens and the investors can individually buy those tokens and then the more tokens you have the more voting power that you have over the system i just realized why this is such a terrible idea trolls the only people interested in doing this and having you know stake ownership in the twitter nft or whatever that allows them voting rights are going to be trolls but a lot of trolls don't pay a lot of trolls just want to post they don't want to actually put any skin in the game yeah, I mean the the whole point of of Twitter is, or, or the whole point of Twitter, the whole point of trolling is create a conflict with somebody else and then just watch the fun, but not have to do it do it yourself. I mean, well, it's to create conflict between A and B, and then sit back and then watch them fight each other. But right. usually, you want to do it without having to pay anything. Yeah, now. you don't want to pay for the resources that A and B are. are consuming now my it's a matter of investment right is it can be done i'm not saying that there will be no trolling but you cut down on the amount of trolls to only the most serious trolls who are actually willing to invest their own money in their trolling beyond just you know some random posts on some free forum or or platform you just heard highlights from the latest episode of free talk live you can download full episodes subscribe to our podcast listen live and more All for free at freetalklive.com.